So I welcome you to this workshop. Uh, prayer is a place, finding sacred spaces in the daily jungle. Right? We all live in a jungle, and sometimes we, we realize that because jungle means we lose track of things really easily, and we always have uh, to have a machete with us to really prepare our way, you know, really to uh, uh, be certain about how we want to live and what we want to do, what direction we want to go. And so finding sacred spaces in my daily routine has been a, a big part of my journey. Uh, my name is Christian. I'm from Hamburg, Germany. I uh, work as a spiritual director. Um, so I help people to grow in their, uh, on their search with God on their journey. Also, I work as a sound engineer. And um, yeah, I'm married to uh, Kim, uh, my wife, and we have two children, live and life, 14 and 7 years. So um, this, what I do right now, this is part of an online course we are offering. This online course is going over four weeks. And um, what we do is uh, we take uh, two hours a week and then you have one hour to work uh, alone. We give you exercises uh, that you can uh, do during the week. So this is really an intro I'm doing uh, on, on uh, how to find sacred spaces in your daily jungle. So if you're interested, uh, you can find me, you can uh, write me a mail, and I'll inform you when the next online course is happening, so you can take it if you want to. It's on donation base, so uh, it's available for you. Right. What are we going to do? We, we're going to start with a, a small exercise right now, take three minutes. Then I'm going to share a little bit about uh, my journey concerning uh, finding Jesus in the daily jungle. And um, speaking about contemplative prayer a little bit, because that uh, uh, has become a big part of my spiritual toolbox, contemplative uh, prayers. And I'm going to tell you what that is. And then we're going to learn the exam. That is a, a contemplative exercise by Ignatius uh, of Loyola. And uh, then you'll have uh, time to ask questions. So this is what we're going to do. Are you? Are you with me? Yes. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I give you a little exercise that's uh, been come, coming very handy to me uh, in the daily jungle experience. That is breath prayers. Right? Uh, a breath prayer is, is a very easy way to, uh, to calm down uh, when stress is hitting and when things get loud around us. And the good thing is uh, we don't have to do anything because we are breathing anyways, right? So we use a body function to direct our prayer. It's been very, very helpful uh, to me. So it goes like this. Without effort, choose a short prayer or phrase that connects you to God. Divide the sentence so that you can connect one part with the inhale and the other with the exhale. So, every one of us, I guess, has a personal prayer that is very important for you. For example, I am a daughter of God. Maybe this is very important for you. Or, I'm God's friend. You know, sentences like this that really mark us. So if you want to do a breath prayer, you can take one of these sentences uh, that, that is really meaningful to you and just uh, lay it on your breath and use your breath uh, to pray that thing. Um, there's three of my um, breath prayers I usually do. It's, I receive your love, which is very important for me. I need God's love, you know. I know he loves me, but I also need to, uh, I, I need to actually feel it, you know? I know my wife loves me, but still there's times where we need to hug and we, you know, we actually need to come close, you know? If, 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 we only, if I only love my wife in theory, you know, it's, it's kind of a dry thing. <laughs> so... Another one I love is Jesus, have mercy on me. Of course, you know, I need, I need God's mercy and it's there for me. And so often in my daily jungle experience, I'm like, I need mercy. So Jesus, 
have mercy on me. Yeah? And another one that is a little uh, more, um, a little longer is, uh, I am here, you are with me. And again, I found out in my daily jungle experience, often the problem is uh, God is always there, but I'm the one who's missing, right? Have you ever had a moment running through your daily uh, routine and suddenly you're, you're like, I'm not there, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a mechanical machine, just a robot, but where am I? And so one part of this prayer is just to say, I'm here, right here, and, and it's good, you know, I'm, I'm here with body and everything and you are with me. I found out often I've, when I feel like, do you, do you, uh, I mean, sometimes I feel like God has left me. <laughs> do you know that experience? Like, God, why have you forsaken me, you know? Sometimes, he, suddenly he, it feels like he moved to Turkey, you know, and, and I'm, I'm still in Germany. But what God told me is, when you feel that way, the reason is you have actually lost yourself. You've lost contact with your, with your soul, with your, with your own being. I'm still there, but you, you lost contact with yourself, and so you cannot feel me. So that is uh, very helpful. So we're going to do this right now. I'll take three minutes maybe. And uh, one thing I, um, um, I, I want you uh, to be aware of, most of us, we are, are um, the, the rhythm of our breath is way too high, yeah? Because we are stressed. And stress <laughs> does this, you know? So uh, I want you to, to be aware now of your breath, if you, if you would like to join the small exercise, and really slow it down. I mean, really slow it down. And then if you feel comfortable, you can choose one of these sentences Probably this is the easiest one. I receive your love. And of course, you don't say these prayers, but internally, you say them in your mind. Yeah? So, inhaling, I receive, exhaling, your love. And the slower you're able to do that, the, the more relaxing this exercise is. So I'm going to pray this three times and then just have you, let you have a few minutes with this. I receive your love. I receive your love. I receive Sometimes doing exercise like this, we try to control our breath, but really let your breath go. Trust in your breath to do the work for you. Just breathe. Another 30 seconds. 
Okay, thank you guys. Who would say this was a pleasant experience? This, this was a good experience? Can you... Okay, most of you did. Uh, the good thing about things like that, you know, they might seem a little mechanical, but uh, you can do this wherever you are, sitting on the train, waiting in, in the supermarket in a queue, uh, driving your car, um, uh, falling asleep at night. Uh, this is a prayer that really connects you in a very meaningful way with God because you, you pray something, you say something to Him that, that is of huge importance to you and you meditate on it and you, you don't need any strength but your breath is doing all the work, right? It's, it's very interesting. I, I bought this... Oh, gosh, I forgot to set my timer again. <laughs> you know, I carry this timer. I forget setting it. But I, I bought this thing. It, it shows my heart rate, which is very interesting because I use it for sport. And um, anyway, I, I realized my heart rate is between 80 to, se to 65 or something, you know, when I'm resting, when I'm sitting around. When I start to do this breath prayer, my, my heart rate goes down to 40 It's, I mean, it's like, wow, you know, this is really good. It's actually good for my body, for everything. So this is, this is one of the ways we can just find a sacred space in our daily jungle. Just uh, practice this. And um, if you do a breath prayer every day, for example, maybe after a week or after 10 days, it's so easy for you. You know, it's very easy. And you, you find out maybe standing at work, working, and you're... Suddenly you're in breath prayer mode because it's just relaxing. So this is something maybe um, you can uh, take home. Uh, my, my journey with Jesus began when I was 17 years old. For all my life I was asking, I, I mean for all my life, when I, you know, since being six years old to the age of 17, I was looking for God actually. And I was very uh, depressed because... I thought, you know, even with si being six years old, I, I thought, is there anyone out there? I mean, it, why, why is everything existing? So I, I was, yeah, I asked too many questions. But um, uh, when I met Jesus being 17 years old, um, I remember having this face for the first probably five, six, maybe eight years. I met him, but still... I doubt it. Does God really exist? Because after um, searching for him for such a long time, you know, I, I met him in a powerful way, but still there were times where I, where I was like, you know, is this real? Am I just, you know, imagining? Is this some positive thinking? Do you know that doubt? You know, does God really exist? You know, And I, I remember coming to a place after... Uh, probably was in, um, I, I met Jesus around 1991, and probably about 1999, I came to a point where uh, I was on this, um, I, I lived in Malaysia for five months, and uh, did a discipleship training, and during this training, I, I was like, God really exists, you know, it is real, and that thing was settled, you know, and so today, Uh, there's not the slightest doubt that God really exists. But then phase two happened with me, and the thought came to me, yeah, he exists, but is that good news for me? And I, I mean, I was a Christian for 10 years, but still I was like, yeah, I mean, I know he exists, but uh, does he like me? I mean, does he really like me? Or is the fact that God exists in the end, I mean, what does it mean? Does it mean I can relax or does it mean, okay, now let's get to work, you know? You know what I mean? I'm, and and I, was, I was so much in doubt because I felt like, ah, uh, uh, and I, there was so much Christian teaching around me that, that emphasized, yeah, you know, you... Yeah, avoid sin at any cost and, and fight the good fight and blah, blah, blah. And it was all, oh, it was really tiring. And I felt, um, for God to like me, I have to do a lot. So it was phase two and uh, probably it took me another 10 years really 
to find out uh, he really likes me. Um, actually, I, I really had a revelation. I, w- I was again and again, you know, I would go to the Lord and say, do, I mean, do you like me? Do you really like me? And one day he really said to me, Christian, if I wouldn't like you, I wouldn't have made you. And, and it was one of the sentences that, well, oh, I need to think about that. <laughs> but then I realized, because I wasn't planned by my parents, you know, there's some children, yeah, we, we, we really wanted to have you, and then you came alive. But I wasn't planned, and I wasn't actually, uh, I mean, I'm here, so my parents, you know, did conceive me, but uh, they, I was a little in the way. It's, it's terrible, but that's what they said, you know. And so I always had the feeling, ah, I wasn't planned, okay, okay. But God told me, yeah, you weren't planned by your parents, but you were planned by me. Yeah. And again, I was like, ah, okay, okay, I was planned by God. He probably, I guess he likes me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really good, and, and that was settled. And then uh, the third phase came into my life, and I was, okay, this God really likes me, and he exists, so... How can I go really deep with him? I mean, really deep. You know, if this is really super good news and God, the creator of the universe, likes me, then my my goal in life should be to be as close to him as possible, you know. So, I guess many of us uh, know these uh, three questions, right? And uh, interesting is uh, most followers uh, of Jesus... I meet, uh, I feel like they got stuck in the second question. The second question is, does he like me? And, uh, and so many uh, Christians I meet, they're really struggling and really trying to prove and uh, they have not come to an authentic answer um, that, that would resolve that. So this uh, unresolved question, if God really likes me, often leads to, to something I would call a windscreen wiper spirituality, you know, on, on, the, on, your, on your car, you have this wiper. So uh, between God really likes me, when, when things go well, and then deep uncertainty, you know, when, when, when he's silent or, or when you did stuff, you're like, oh, God didn't like that. And you were like, Oof. you know, oh, he likes me. Oh, I don't know. And our spiritual life is really stressed out, you know. So, uh, let me do this real quick. But I believe, uh, um, I found my answer about this second question, does he like me, uh, when I pondered the question, why did he make me anyway? And I, I already mentioned that. He, he told me, uh, I made you because I like you. <clears throat> this is the only reason I <clears throat> God could have made me different. He's a creator, so let's let's say uh, you have uh, blonde hair. Why? Because God liked it that way. He likes you with blonde hair. Yeah, right? Uh, let's say you are a male or a female or whatever. And why? Because God liked it that way, right? God likes us, and this is why he made us. So... Um, I would really invite you to ponder this question and to really write it down and say, God, why did you make me? And to find your answer. And I, I guess it's really, a, it's, it's really the answer you will find is, is really a key point uh, to go deeper. Right. I already said that I found out great. God really likes me. And then the question is how I can meet him. And um, this is uh, what I believe uh, many Christians have when, when we are still in phase two, pondering the question, does God like me? We develop a long-distance relationship with God. <laughs> and I have this uh, picture here of this uh, young man, uh, beautiful young man. This is us, you know. Woo! And this is Jesus, you know, even more beautiful, but a little bit distant, you know. And, and, you know, we know God exists, we, we see him, you know, but we're a little uncertain, look at his face, you know, 
And uh, there are problems here. There are fawns, you know. So how, how do we get there? We, we can go through the fawns. That would be okay. And then grab this thing. But maybe Jesus would fall out of the window if we, you know, if we try to get in there. Uh, and um, so we're we're looking. We're like, oh God, it would be so nice to meet you. It would be so nice. I long so much. And of course you ask, uh, well, why not take the front door? I mean, just go around the building here. <laughs> yeah. And I can tell you why. It's the evil stepfather. You know, it's not the real father, but the, the stepfather of this beautiful bride. He's in the door and he says, I won't let you get to Jesus. Right? And who's the stepfather? It's not the devil. It's our daily routine, right? It's our daily business. This is the stepfather that won't let us pass. It's so easy to meet Jesus here because, you know, we're free of work. You know, we just stand here. Oh, yeah, pray for me. Bless me. I'm dancing. God is good, you know. But on Monday when we're back to work, the kids are screaming or our partner is screaming at us. Our car breaks down, whatever. You know, it's this evil stepfather. <laughs> you know, I won't let you fruit to Jesus. And um, so the invitation is really uh, to, to not to have a long-distance relationship with God, but really to be close with Him. Uh, and again, God is always very close to us. If we invite him in, he's actually living inside of us. I mean, how closer can, can it get? But for me, the main thing is, am I present? Am I present in the relationship with God? And uh, often, I'm just, when I'm going through my daily jungle experience, I'm multitasking, you know? I, I think about that project, that job, oh, I need to do groceries, Oh, yeah, I need to get my daughter from, from school. Oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, I've forgotten to eat. Blah, 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 blah. Multitasking, right? And um, so I guess uh, what I want to encourage you today is really to become present in your own daily routine. <coughs> you know, to become aware uh, that you are... Um, Uh, that you're not, you're not living your life. Uh, that, sorry, let me say it again. To become aware that not uh, the things you do is the important thing, but the one you are is the important thing. So God is always near, but often we are not near. And these uh, spiritual exercises are places to come near. And when I talk about these spiritual routines, spiritual exercises, I really mean meeting spaces to be with God. And um, often when I teach about that, um, um, a, big, um, a big issue for people is really, well, you know, if I just spend time with God, who's, who's, who's uh, caring for the kingdom to come, you know? I mean, who's building the church? Who's doing the stuff? Uh, But I, I realize that when I really open up in a deep way to God, everything else happens from that, you know? For example, when I open up to, in a deep way to my wife, usually children will happen, you know? <laughs> and it's hard to avoid, yeah? But if, we, if my wife and I were working all the time, busy, 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 often there's no time, and uh, I mean, I... I mean, this is not the partnership workshop we did yesterday, but this, we know a couple, they really want to have kids, they're both working full-time, and I, I asked them, well, why, how often do you have sex? Yeah, it happens once in a while, every six months, maybe. <laughs> and I'm like, you want to have kids? I mean, you need to, you need to come close, this is not enough, you know, every six months is not good, it's not the will of God. Anyway, that's a different topic, but Isn't that how we live our life often? You know, we, we emphasize the doing. And um, I really think Jesus invites us to be with him in a deep and meaningful way. 
and everything else follows from that. So this is a big part of, of my, my journey and um, I hope it, it helps you a little bit. Uh, yeah, the Bible is full of stories of people who wanted to do something for God and they all failed. Yeah, you, you can look at the book. Uh, I, I studied it and I, that's, that's what I think. Equally, it contains stories of people who wanted to be with God and they succeeded. They really succeeded, right? Even among the uh, Jesus' close followers, you know, you, you can see that. So I guess God invites us to, um, to really to be with him. Mary and Martha, one of my favorite stories, you know, that's, that's a whole, I mean, I could talk about that for an hour. But um, there's these two women, they, they invite, Martha actually invites Jesus into her house, which is a very brave act. And uh, Jesus and his friends. And then she starts cooking, you know. I mean, she, she wants to do a really good job. I mean, the Son of God, you know, he, he comes to your home. You know, <laughs> you start cleaning and everything. And Mary, her sister, she just sits at Jesus' feet. Which, which I mean, th which is a very intimate pose. And it's not really appropriate. You know, I mean, this is not very appropriate. If I would, if I would sit there and some of the women would come sit at my feet, I would go, "No, this doesn't feel. Please, please move away." You know, <laughs> but Jesus says, "This is the good thing. She's choosing the good thing. Uh, I'm actually here not to receive your work, but to receive you. Just sit with me. Just sit with me." So this is an invitation. I'm, an, I'm, I'm a coach, so I always work with scales. So if, if Mary, you know, the one who sits would be a 10 and Martha would be a 1, uh, who of you would say you, you are, uh, let's say, at, uh, about at 5, you know? Imagine. Where, where are you? 5, okay. Who's, who's below 5, you know? Okay, thanks for your honesty. Who would say you are a 6? Six, all right, one six. Do we have a seven? Ooh, a shy seven is still a seven. All right, yes, good. Any eights? Nine, ten, all right. It's just, I mean, it's just a help, you know? This is, but um, one of my goals is really to move to the, to the Mary, in, in Mary Martha scale, to move towards Mary. So uh, this helps me. All right. So sacred, finding uh, sacred spaces in the uh, daily jungle, uh, for me, um, these sacred spaces, uh, some of these sacred spaces are contemplative spiritual exercises. And these are just some exercises. And, and there's other sacred spaces, but this is, this is my main thing I'm, I'm teaching about today, right? And um, some of these exercises come from the uh, desert fathers and mothers about 300 years after uh, the uh, resurrection. Um, uh, the first uh, monasteries developed, and um, then there were uh, some of the monks, they said, these monasteries, you know, they are lukewarm, you know, this is not the real thing, we got to be radical, and they went to the desert, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they lived in a cave, or in a, I mean, in crazy places, and uh, some of these guys, they, they left these exercises for us, so we have the exam, we have Lectio Divina, uh, centering prayer and um, some of the other exercises uh, are, some of them I developed for myself and there's some of them you can just um, find from the Bible for example walking with God it's just the idea that uh, God was walking through the garden uh, with Adam and Eve and, and they were just you know he was walking with them so the Sabbath rhythm uh, Jesus invites us into that so there are some things we can learn, and um, I want to I want to focus on uh, one exercise today uh, called the exam or the exam. And actually, I, I would like to to do that with you now. I hope you have something to write. That would be really good. <clears throat> The exam, um, 
I think is one of the most basic spiritual exercises that I know. It's so easy. Uh, you can do it on, on different levels, you know. And on a, on a very easy level, you can, you can even do this with your kid, you know, bringing them at home, uh, sorry, bringing them to bed at night. And some people, uh, so, some parents call that treasure hunt, you know. And what they do basically with their kid is, when they bring them to bed, did you find any treasure today? You know, and what it means is, was there anything nice happening? And then the kid says, yeah, you know, like my daughter yesterday, yeah, ice cream, and um, the, uh, the jumping castle, and oh yeah, and I got baptized, that was cool too. Yeah, my daughter got baptized. <laughs> so it's like, oh, treasures, and, and was there anything, did anything hurt you? Oh yeah, my brother threw me into the water. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, okay. And, uh, and yeah, you, you're a bad dad because you didn't buy me a second ice cream. Okay, so, right? And this is, this is a very super basic exam we can do with our children. And uh, the question uh, of the exam is always, uh, what gave you life and what sucked life from you? And basically, we, we, can, uh, we, we all have experiences during one day, uh, 24 hours, where some of the things we run into, they are super life-giving. They're like, whoa, that was so good. Someone gave you a smile or tapped you on the back or said something nice or you, you felt God's love. Uh, something worked out uh, at work or you, you were running and you made a new record. But then there's things that, that, desol that are pe uh, places of desolation. You know, so, uh, your boss gave you bad feedback or you wanted to, to <laughs> I mean... You wanted to uh, tell a good joke and went really wrong and you looked like a jerk. <laughs> this is terrible when that happens. Or you shouted at your kids and it was like, oh gosh, why did I do that? And it's, it's draining life from you, right? So um, the exam uh, really helps us to uh, meet God uh, in a meaningful way and uh, how to... Uh, through becoming aware that God is with us in uh, desolate places, but also in, in places that give us life, right? God is always with us, and God has something to teach us in moments of crisis, where we shout at our kids, where, we, uh, where something bad happens, and God has something to teach us in, in very happy moments where we feel fully alive. So the exam is, uh, is uh, uh, actually a prayer exercise by Ignatius of Loyola. He's the founder of the Jesuit order. And um, uh, it was the main thing how he prayed, actually. And he told all his disciples to do the exam daily. That's why it's often called the daily exam. So that was the main thing, what he told his disciples. And he told them... Well, uh, make a list or in your mind, ask the Lord uh, about consolations. You know, ask what did give me life? Uh, what was the happy place of the day? What was really good? And um, then try to find Jesus there. And then ask Jesus, where were desolations? You know, what was really hurtful? What was... Uh, a moments that I that I I didn't like at all, and then find Jesus there. So, again, the consolations moment of consolation they leave us encouraged, strengthened, joyful, satisfied, with a sense of vitality or inner freedom, and desolations leave us uh, feeling discouraged, sad, full of anxiety, trapped or overburdened. Right? They are life draining. We all know these moments, right? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> so the exam really helps us to look at these consolations and desolations, but also helps us to get God's perspective. Because God has a unique perspective on our lives, and uh, it really helps to get this perspective. Uh, let, me, let me tell you uh, an example. Um, 
When I asked the Lord about uh, consolations and desolations, one time I said, well, oh God, what was really uh, a desolation for me today? And the first thought that came up, and usually when I speak with Jesus, it's the very first thought that comes up, right? Immediately. Sometimes even before I, before I ask the question, you know, properly, it's, the answer is there. And I, and I remember uh, driving in my car, and I, I was uh, coming from the right side, but there was a, a, a bicycle, uh, bicycle coming from the left. Of course, you know, it was my right to, uh, to um, you know, he should have stopped, but he didn't stop. And so I had to brake, and he yelled at me. He was like, where are you? You know, I don't want to say that, what he said, but he was <laughs> like, whoa, okay, God. I, you know, I was actually in the right place, and you were wrong, but God bless you, you know. So he accused me, right? And, and I, when I was praying, I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, but uh, that was not a, I mean, that, was, that wasn't a desolation. I mean, it was just a stupid guy, but it felt like God said, well, Look at that again. Please look at it. And I was like, okay. Or, oh, yeah. And I started, man, that was really hurtful. You know, that was really hurtful. The guy accused me and I was in the right. And then, you know, I asked, Lord, why, why was that so hurtful? And I felt like, ah, good question. You know, it's a good question. <laughs> and the Lord said, well, uh, it's not the first time you've been accused, you know, Uh, being, being uh, you know, in the right place. And uh, what happened was, um, this was during a period where we had to close down our church plant in 2012, you know. We had to close down the church plant. And I was the main leader at the time. And I was accused heavily by just a few people, but they, they were really sad we had to close the church plant. And basically they said, it's all your fault, Christian. <laughs> Right? Uh, yeah, of course. And uh, um, it, it hurts so much being accused wrongfully. You know? I mean, if, if you mess up and someone says you really messed up, you can go like, yeah, that's right. You know, how can I, what can I do to make this right? But if you didn't do anything wrong, it feels so bad being accused, you know? And suddenly I realized, gosh, you know, it, this, it hurts so much. These people were accusing me. But I didn't let it in, you know, I, I had to protect myself. And I said, God, you know, whoa, I've been accused a lot lately. What, I, what can I do? And, and then, oh, of course, Jesus said, well, why don't you start forgiving? <laughs> Make a list of the people that accused you wrongfully. Forgive them. I will help you. Oh, okay, thank you, Lord. So I made a list that day and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Right? Did what, I, what, what, what you can do. And it was one of the examples where the examine um, starts uh, as, 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 a, as a small place, you know, as a small talk with God, but suddenly it goes really, really deep, right? Uh, another thing that uh, often happens when I, um, uh, when I did the exam uh, in, the, in the early days where my son was really small, you know, I, I said, what was the most consolating thing, you know. And again, we had the church planned. And, and, I mean, if you plant a church or a company, of course, the company's success is your best moment of the day, right? If you, if you, have, if you make a deal, if you earn some money, if you... <laughs> But almost always when I said, God, what, what was the most life-giving moment of the day? I wouldn't see my latest sermon or a book I've written, but I would see my little son smiling at me. And I would say, this is really so much better and so much, there's so much more life when I play with my son than when I teach a sermon. But in my head, I would say, of course, you know, teaching, yeah, and, you know, people coming to my church, this is the best thing that can happen. But God said, no, no, life comes, comes actually, my son is called life, which is really funny, but uh, it, it, life comes from this little boy I've, I've been giving you. Right? And I'm like, oh gosh, I need to spend more time with my son because it's really life-giving. Right? So uh, the exam really helps you to find out things about yourself. And um, I, uh, I used to do the exam in a, um, 
Yeah, be aware of what fills you with life consolations. Be aware of your desolations and get God's perspective on life events. This is the short thing. I'm always writing down the exam. And this is how I do it. And I, I would right now, if we're going to do the exam, and I would uh, invite you to write it down this way because it's really easy, right? So I always, uh, I, have a, uh, I have a spiritual diary. I, I always um, carry it with me. And I'm writing a lot of prayers. It helps me to keep track of my own thoughts and my own prayer. So what I would usually do, I, I write the date, which is helpful. And then I, I write this sign, I write the question mark, uh, minus sign, and another question mark. And um, it's a very simple notation. Uh, of course, the question mark is for why, and this for consolation, and this for desolation. Right? I write this down. And then what I do is uh, I say, Lord, you know, what was the most life-giving thing within the last 24 hours or 12 hours or this week? You know, it doesn't really matter. And I wait. And most of the time, the first thought that comes is God speaking to me. Sometimes I'm distracted and, and I don't hear anything. And then I, I, I just uh, start to think from waking up in the morning. I'm going through my day. And I'm waiting for God to say stop, you know? So I'm, I'm going through my day like, stop. Ah, yeah. So I just pick out one thing and I write it down. And for example, I, I write down uh, my son smiling at me, you know? My son smiling. And the next thing I do, I go to the question mark and I say, why did that give, why was that a consolation? Why, 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 God, tell me. Because I don't know. You know, because I'm, I'm stupid. I need God's perspective. So God says, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And again, I, I try to listen to my thoughts and I'm writing a few things down. Not just maybe three, three words or something. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. And I, and I allow myself to have the same experience again. And I'm, I'm, I'm pondering the experience. And this might uh, go on for... Huh. Maybe uh, this this would take me uh, from five to ten uh, minutes, you know, these two. But you can go faster uh, if you like to, or you can take more time. And then uh, I say, well, God, and what what was the most uh, desolate place, you know, I've been at? And again, I'm I'm waiting. If nothing comes, and for most of us, actually, when we do this exercise right now. Uh, For most of us, it's very hard to access the negative things that happen. So most of us would, would go like, oh, I don't know, I don't remember any, any desolation. Oh. <laughs> Because we try to avoid these and we bury them in the cellar of our soul and we hope no one ever finds them. But they come up eventually when we're shouting at our kids, when we're angry at our spouse, when we do whatever is hurtful, right? So we allow ourselves, what, what did hurt me? You know, what did drain life from me? What was the desolation? And then I write it down, you know. And it can be very small. For example, it can be my, 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 my foot was uh, hurting today. You know, my ankle hurt. This is maybe the thought of desolation. I'm like, this, is, this wasn't very desolating, but okay. I write it down, and then I, again I say, why? Why, God? Well, I, why do you remind me of my... And suddenly I... For example, God says, well, you remember when your mom fell down the stairs and she broke uh, her, her leg and she had to be in a hospital for half a year? Do you remember that time, how hurtful that was? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and suddenly you realize, gosh, you know, this hurting my, my own feet wasn't too bad, but it triggered something from my past, and that, that's why it was so stressful for me. And of course, then God is there and saying, hey, why, why don't we go to that place where your mom was in the hospital? You know, do you, you want to go there? Or maybe tomorrow? <laughs> you know? Well, tomorrow. So this is, this is really helpful. Right? Um... Any questions concerning uh, how to do this right now?
If not, I would I would take a few minutes to do this and then I would have you ask questions. I think it's easy, right? Okay. So, uh, why don't you take a piece of paper if, if you want to? And on the paper you can al already draw a plus sign and a question mark if you like to. So why don't you ask God to show you a moment of consolation within the last hours or maybe within the last uh, few days. This can be a very small thing that comes to your mind. Just, just ask him, you know, what was life giving to me? What is the moment I'm most grateful for? And if something comes, just write it down. might be a really small thing, might be a big thing, that doesn't matter. If it's hard for you to find something, just pick a random thing that, that is that was a place of happiness for you. Just pick something that comes to mind. There's no wrong or right here. And allow yourself to dive into that experience again. Look at it from all angles. And then when you've written it beside the plus sign, why don't you start to ask God, what was it about that experience to cause it to be a consolation for you? Why was it so consoling? Get into a conversation in your head and write down a few keywords if you like to. You can also say to the Lord, is there anything else you want to tell me about that consolation? Is there anything else you like to say? Then again, write down a few keywords. Take another 30 seconds. Okay, so let us move on to the desolation. So just ask God to show you a moment of desolation within the last hours or days. Again, this was a moment where life was drained out of you. 
a moment that you're unthankful for, that you wouldn't like to have. This can be a very small thing or a big thing. Again, if you have trouble finding something, just go through your last 12 hours in your mind and ask the Lord to say stop. hard for you to find something, just pick a random thing that was hurtful to you, uh, just pick a random desolation that happened to you. Now allow yourself to dive into that experience again, to remember, to feel into it again. Looking at it from all angles, start asking the Lord why that experience caused such desolation for you. Write down a few keywords if you like. Of course, now you can also ask the Lord for His presence and comfort and start to realize He was with you when these things happened that desolated you. Thank Him for His perspective and His presence. We take another minute. Okay, thank you so much for engaging in that exercise. Who would say this, this, was, a, this was a good exercise, it helped you, uh, was helpful for you? Yeah, okay. Who would say you couldn't engage, it, it was too hard to concentrate, it just didn't... Yeah, okay, few. Yeah, it's... It, I mean, this was super quick, super fast, what I did with you. Uh, we took six minutes, actually. That was six minutes, so it, it wasn't too long. But uh, it's, it's very hard to concentrate on that. Uh, I would like to, to uh, just maybe two or three of you who would like to share, and I would just ask you, what surprised you in this exercise? Would you just, just a few sentences? What, yeah. But, but, oh, yeah, but it didn't work, you say.
Yeah, well, it was a bit distracting to be yeah. together. Yeah. But it did, it did work to some degree. Yeah. One of the things uh, is I wrote what I consider a very small thing uh, on, on the, the dissertation, and I realized that it was not a small thing. It was a small objectively, but to me it was not that small. Thank you. Yeah. Every problem we have is first world problems, but yeah. first world problems are also problems. Yes. Thank you so much. That That is really, yeah. That's super deep what you said, and this is really... Thank you so much. What surprised you? Surprised me. I wrote as a desolation, also not so big thing. I can see it. <laughs> it's like I'm really, not really angry, but I'm not. When people use too many like paper towels <laughs> in the toilet, I don't know. It's like you wash your hands and then you... <laughs> I can see. Okay. But then I ask So you learned something. You have a gift of compassion for the planet God has given you. So thank you very much. This, again, you know, this, this is a very small example, but this can really make you angry. You know, it can pile up. And, and uh, you, it's a good anger, actually. It's a just anger. Yeah? You know, and uh, you have... It's, it's good. So, but thank you so much. What surprised you? Yeah, my surprise was when I sat down and I... For me, it was a kind of big desolation around the situation I had with the family and mm -hmm. so But what surprised me was that immediately as I started to write, God reminded me of a positive situation in that. So he, ah. came, he, come, mm -hmm. he came with, as I had mm -hmm. already wrote, wrote mm -hmm. down what I felt was... Yeah. The consolation, mm -hmm. as he come with another one, mm -hmm. just as I wrote down the desolation thing. Yeah. And it was beautiful. I thought it was very beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you. A another one? What surprised you? Yeah, please. Um, that sometimes God is so fast mm -hmm. in speaking. Uh, <clears throat> somehow I, I feel like uh, it can be very... <laughs> I must wait for God and, and, and all that and, and for Him to speak. But sometimes He's just like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I, mm -hmm. Maybe you. that's the setting here, but mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be really quick. Thank you. The good thing about the exam, and this is just one very simple exercise, there are many other exercises, and, and often for different personalities, different exercises work, you know. Uh, for example, walking with God. Being, being out walking with God works super for me. You know, it's my, one of my, for two years, this was my way of praying, just walking, you know. And I found out when I'm, when I'm in nature or when I'm walking through my neighborhood, prayer just happens. But when I'm sitting in my, my room, you know, I fall asleep, you know. So prayer really, so person, uh, but one really good thing about the exam is um, if you practice it a little bit, again, you can do it everywhere. You can uh, wait in the supermarket and say, God, what was the most, the best thing that happened? And just close your eyes for a second and just, oh, yeah, and, and what did hurt me? Oh, yeah, and, and just, um, it's, it's a very simple tool that you can use. For example, for a long time I used this falling asleep. I, uh, when I, uh, in, in bed, you know, the last thing I said was something like, God, what, what was the best thing today? What really gave me life? And just just received what he said, and then, you know, without the question mark, because, you know, I'm falling asleep. But usually I'm falling asleep before I can ask about the desolation, you know. But, but even then, you know, what hurt me? Oh, yeah. And, and it's such a good, good way of falling asleep. So uh, I can recommend the exam, and you can really personalize it. You know, you don't have to write it down. 
But if you're a graphic person, it helps. You can also draw and so thank you very much for engaging uh, this is uh, one of uh, about um, six or seven exercises I would uh, teach you in the online course and um, now we have time for comments and questions about what I said or about this we, we can take another ten minutes uh, I guess yeah. so if you have uh, questions comments please yes the Lord's Prayer um there's a wonderful prayer. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, the, the breath of prayer I have often used uh, uh, with the Lost Prayer. But the Lost Prayer is uh, very deep. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on how you use, <coughs> you use Lost Prayer yourself? And the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have, been, um, I have been using that doing sports. Uh, about six years ago, I started to swim, and I realized um, I can. Uh, uh, I, I wanted to uh, to to look, to dig deeper with the Lord's Prayer. So what I do is, um, you know, I'm, I'm going like that, and I'm, uh, I uh, I do four strokes, and then I uh, exhale and inhale. You know, uh, no, then I inhale. You know, I'm swimming. Anyway. Uh, and uh, what I realized, I can synchronize this with my sport really easily. So I'm going like, Father of all in heaven. Father of all in heaven. And just going for 10 rows, maybe. So 25 meters, one row. So this is like 10 minutes or something. And then, uh, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. And I'm just, I'm just meditating these words. Just see what happens. Uh, there's many different ways how we can work with the uh, with with, uh, with this uh, prayer Jesus gave us. But uh, I synchronize it with sport. I pray a lot when I do sports. So this can be one way. Yeah. yeah please. Yeah. Uh, is it like uh, you have any resources online where you can find different? Or, mm -hmm. or is it that connected to your online course, perhaps? Mm -hmm. I've written a book with, with a friend called Pray as a Place. Um, I don't know if it's how it's available in English. It should be available. But also I'm doing this course. Um, there is a lot of resources. Um, many of the resources you find, the problem with these, I, I mean... Not the problem, but people who teach about this contemplative prayer, they often say, well, take a weekend off. You know, go to the forest, blah, blah, blah. And for most of us, this is never going to happen, you know. Uh, I mean, or this is going to happen once in five years or something, or once a year maybe, if you're really good. So I try to go to a monastery once a year for three or five days. But I can't do that every week. I mean, my wife would kill me. Uh, you know? And um, so the way I teach it is it has to work standing in the supermarket. That's what I always say. If it doesn't work in the supermarket, I won't do it. Because Jesus, you know, he was... I mean, he had times where he went away. But most of the time, he was just surrounded by people. And so whenever you find an exercise on the internet or something... I would encourage you to personalize it in a way that you can do it during work or something. And I would rather, with all spiritual exercises, I would say, uh, take a little bite, but every day, instead of once a week, have a huge meal. Uh, and um, so uh, for a while, I did three exercises a day, but they were all only... Uh, seven or ten minutes so it was 30 minutes a day which which is okay for me you know i i, I mean i i love to uh do that but uh if, if you do one exercise a day seven minutes or something but you do it every day it makes a huge impact much bigger than going to a monastery i mean that's also great but it's kind of hard mm -hmm. i'm thinking of uh, uh, i don't know who said it but uh, there won't be a secular stone in the pavement. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, all this 
the goal of it is to get us praying all all the, all, mm. all our time. Yeah. As Paul says, pray unceasingly. Mm -hmm. And and of course, uh, we are surrounded by things, and, and we can use everything yeah. to get us into God's presence. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's <laughs> really adventure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Any more questions? Well, I find it helpful when I, I'm like just doing the uh, daily show. I can remind me or not. Yeah, you are at hand. Whereas, like, if I turn my face to you, mm -hmm. uh, you are there. Yeah. And and I just practice in my mind, like, I invite you here. Mm -hmm. You 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 are doing this with me. Mm -hmm. So you are not far away from yeah. me. You are here, and and then I try to okay where exactly are you mm -hmm. and I, I like yeah try to be aware mm -hmm. live in awareness of him in, yeah. in my daily mm -hmm. life yeah i have no yeah. exact methods or, mm -hmm. or but i just ask him to make you know yeah yeah make, mm -hmm. make me feel you yeah absolutely probably the the thing that helped me most is to keep a spiritual diary um, I mean, this is, I mean, everything is spiritual, right? So it's just my diary, my Jesus diary. I write down a lot of prayers. I, I draw things. I write down ideas. I do sketches. And every once in a while, I, I check, you know, what happened. It's like a Jesus lock book, you know? Like, oh, yeah, God said this, and I said this. Oh, this is interesting. So, again, this, this is very helpful to to check in with your own uh, spirituality, you know, and uh, to to find out where are, where are you and where do you want to go. So it's also one of these places. Thank you very much, right, for listening. And, uh, yeah. <laughs>